Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, were you riveted to your Twitter account while the uh, Belmont community meeting from Elmont Memorial High School was going on? I, I, I just I was I was and I, and I always get a kick out of these things when when they have like these uh, I don't want to call it low level because I guess it is important, but you know these like town hall meetings and and these these high school auditoriums are you know. They'd be on that Twitter account, uh, the empty seats one, and it just looks—it looks—it looks like nobody is, is is having fun at all. You know, there's yeah. a couple of community journalists who don't want to be there, and then it, it's just—it's just always the, the optics of them are very funny. And then, uh, you know, the the, uh, the news coming out of it—I I don't think you know—is anything. We're kind of getting the, the plans of everybody. It feels like the uh, NYCFC people are, you know, just kind of half-assing through it. <laughs> be there. I was kind of hoping that they would like sort of more half-ass it. Like I don't know, it kind of played out in my mind over the course of the week, yeah. like uh, almost like a uh, you know, like an Adam Sandler movie where somebody shows up and they've got all the plans, and the other guys show up and they're just like, uh, "Well, I don't know. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to have an ice cream parlor, like something like that." But or, uh, or if their plans were a, uh, a hockey rink, hmm. they're like, "Yeah, we're just we're gonna build a hockey rink too because we don't want to play here." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that that's one of the I mean there's so many interesting things that are going on here and uh uh for those who who don't know they they just had this meeting at the Elmont Memorial High School where the proposals for the only two bidders left for the Belmont uh plot the Islanders and NYCFC got together they showed off their stuff uh in slide form which is always the greatest and most accurate and most in-depth HD version of the the plan of a plan you could possibly show off uh the things are they're a little bit different um they both have giant arenas but uh as Randy Marshall of uh, of Newsday conveniently puts in one tweet um basically the plan for the Islanders is to have an 18,000 seat arena uh 435,000 square feet of retail 1000 square feet of community space and uh and this is kind of a big deal a 250 key hotel so i guess 250 room hotel uh NYCFC on the other hand has a, a bigger stadium 26000 but it's an outdoor stadium so it's open open roof uh 400000 square feet uh retail building with parking underneath it so i guess it's all in one building which is kind of weird and then uh a lot more community parks uh area so 5.2 acre community park uh, with a, a small soccer facility, I guess, for the community to use. Um, and I guess there's good points and bad points. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, having a, a lot more retail and a, and a hotel is going to kind of be the deal breaker. And I could see, you know, basically the Belmont people saying or the state, whoever it is, it's going to make the final determination saying, uh, yeah, we kind of like to have the hotel there because that's going to bring in a lot more money during the course of the year all year long, which is seems like it's what it's what they wanted to. And then the the railroad, um, the Islanders, I, I believe it was just them, but it might have been NYFC too. Uh, they talked about having a park and ride there, so it's not just that they're going to update the the Long Island Railroad station at Belmont for just games. It's going to be going all year round, and it's going to be a place where people can park their car and go to work. And if you're like me and you live in New Jersey and that's how you go to work, you know very well what a park and ride is, and uh, that could be something too that 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 they can use. Um, did anything jump out at you besides the, the tiny crowd on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> in this tiny Memorial high school that made it look like a, like, a, like a set of an Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do see that the, uh, they do, they do these things that when the Islanders are involved on the, the weirdest possible days, like when they had the boat, they had it on a Friday <laughs> afternoon in the summer and now they have a, a yeah. freezing cold Sunday afternoon when after it snowed for the first time. So. But uh, yeah, nothing. I I I think it was kind of status quo. That ho- the hotel was uh, unaware of that. That was that was coming out. And you know, I I got to talk to incarcerated Bob and 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 figure out where where his um his renditions and his uh you know his his specs from because I yeah. I didn't even notice the hotel when, when yeah. I saw them. Well, the, again, the these slides. You know, and I was kind of hoping that Newsday would have them like. You know, the actual artwork sort of in their story, but they have the same slides that I'm looking at right now from Jim Bombach. Um, it's kind of blurry and weird, but I mean, generally speaking, the way to look at it is you, you've got Hempstead Turnpike and then you've got one smaller plot on one side right next to the horse racing track. And then you've got the big plot on the other side. And basically the big difference is for NYCFC, they would use that as sort of more community uh, related. I think that's where their retail stuff is going to go, whereas the Islanders are going to be using it more for parking uh, and then some other stuff that's over there that I can't read because this slide is so blurry. Uh, and then on the other side, by the horse racing track, is the arena. You got two entertainment plazas, whatever that means. You've got the retail area. You've got the hotel over there. So everything's kind of concentrated right next to the park, uh, which is like, and obviously the uh, the railroad facilities right there too. So 
there's a lot kind of going on. And uh, again, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't think that anything. Where, where's the Amazon headquarters going? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there were. I guess we should talk about. So there were these protesters. There was about two dozen of them. So you know, try to try to contain. You know, I don't know if the cops were out there with like the megaphones trying to hold everybody back. Yeah. The, the water cannons out. and yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were protesting that you know they want real development, whatever that means. Um, and you know, from the tone, and you should definitely check out Randy Marshall's Twitter feed, Jim Bombax's Twitter feed. Uh, Stephanie Dazio, Dazio, who was there, uh, she's, I think, new to Newsday. But uh, they had all these quotes and from people. There was a Q&A section there. Uh, and they want real development. They want real jobs. And that's great. We get that. But, like, if you're expecting these people to come in and tell you how much you're going to make a year from working at the hotel next to that they haven't built yet next to this horse racing track, that just simply isn't going to happen. And, yeah, Amazon ain't coming here. Like, they don't want to – this isn't for them. Um the RFP basically called for a year-round sports entertainment facility and retail and hospitality. And guess what? That's what the Islanders gave them. And uh, NYCFC eschewed the uh, the hotel, which, again, I, I hate to keep harping on it, but I feel like that's kind of going to be a big deal because I think you know the racing people probably want that. And NYCFC didn't feel like bringing that in, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to not get caught up in the whole – this thing is in the bag for the Islanders because we all know where that gets you, especially with this team. Um, but, you know, we don't know when they're going to make their decision. Could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next month. Um, and they're the only two left. Uh, the other bidder, Ed Blumenfield, he dropped out. Nobody knows what his proposal was. Chances are it wasn't anything like what these guys had. And he said, you know, it seems like it's kind of geared towards a certain outcome. If the outcome is the Islanders, I don't know. But uh, it's very strange. Yeah, and, and and like we were saying before, the N- NYCFC. If, if you know, it, when they when they got the the second New York franchise in MLS, they had promised that they were going to bit like the Jets did. Like they we're going to build a stadium within the five boroughs. That's our promise. And uh, when this kind of popped up, it was almost just like, all right, this is Plan D for them. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how they've been approaching it. And it obviously, you know, their renderings are, are going to look up, but. They're they're rooting for the Islanders too, so mm. so it would it would be a very very Islanders thing for this to go south with everybody, <laughs> including their opponents, hoping yeah. hoping that they win. So uh, yeah, the, yeah, their fans I think, are. I, I mean, I, I can't speak to the team, but I could tell you for sure their fans are most definitely rooting for the Islanders to win this thing because they don't want to come way the hell out here uh, to the island to watch a game after watching their team and playing the Bronx for you know however many years that they've. They've been in existence. So, um, my thing about. Oh, called the hotel. And if they would give it like an Islander's name, you know, like, (laughs) would you call it like the Gillies, you know, or like the, 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 or the Arp? I would, uh, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably call it the, uh, the Al Arbor Center or something like that, you know? I feel like, um, you know, that's a funny thing too. I was telling my wife this and, and uh, I was kind of joking, but I kind of wasn't like, if this thing goes through, and I got, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if this thing goes through, I, I'd really like to see a lot more sort of Islanders-related yeah. history stuff put in here, statues and things. And that was a big problem I had with Nassau Coliseum, where for all the talk about how integral, I mean, of course, all that talk where after the the team had already left, so a fat <laughs> lot of good that did them, but like. 
you know, aside from naming the street Al Arbor Way and there was uh, – wasn't there like a Bill Torrey? No, I think it was just Al Arbor Way. There really wasn't any kind of – there was no statuary out there. There's no like, you know, kind of memorials to the team. There's no There was no Islanders Museum anywhere on, on the I – mean, aside from pictures that were around. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. if you've ever been to Staples Center and you walk around it, there is like a giant – Chick Hearn statue. There's a giant Wayne Gretzky statue. There's a giant Magic Johnson statue. I'm sure that they'll be putting up a bunch of others. Isn't there a shack too? I think somewhere like I mean, you know, you can't walk five feet without hitting a statue surrounding Staples Center. And that place has only been up for about ten years. Um, so I would like to see some more of that stuff too. And yeah, na- naming different streets and different plazas after after Islanders greats would be great. And you know, just because the, even though they're playing like 15 minutes from where a lot of that stuff actually did happen, I don't think it should be like a deal breaker or anything. But again, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny because... So um, if, if, if they are going through all this trouble to, to build this, this big complex and make it the center of the universe, right? So, and you'd hope that... And, and I and I think that they will. You'd hope that it will look like that and, and have some stuff some stuff like that and, and a statue of, you know, the virus and when he, when he resigns and stuff just waiting, <laughs> waiting to be built. Yeah, Waiting right. To be unveiled. Yeah, that that would be pretty cool. I mean, he should have his own, I don't know, fishing fishing area or something like that. Um, but it's funny, and like I don't want to get again. I don't want to get too too far too far ahead of ourselves here. Um, a week ago tonight, uh, I read a thing on on a website called Horse Race Insider, and this has become like a thing so far. And I, I've read stuff about Belmont there before. Uh, the guy who writes he writes a column there. His name is Mark Burner. He wrote for the Daily News. He now writes for this site called Horse Race Insider. It's kind of a big site. And uh, I get, you know, uh, um, uh, Google alerts for Islander stuff all the time, which we use in our bits posts. And I saw this thing and said that, you know, the Racing Association and the state are moving ever closer to awarding Islander, the Islanders this Belmont arena. And I kind of threw it out on Twitter thinking, you know, hey, this is kind of funny, you know, and it's this is check this out. We had seen one before from Long Island Business Journal saying the fix was in. And I thought this was kind of the same thing. And I just threw it out there and then I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I realized that at or about the same time, like 10 other people were tweeting this story out. And all of a sudden it became like this enormous thing. And even Mark Berner said in the the comments in that story that, oh, my God, my phone was blowing up after this ran. Uh, that basically, I mean, kind of just basically put it out and said that. The Islanders are going to get this spot. So uh, there's a lot of signs pointing to the Islanders. But like you said, I mean, losing to a team that didn't want the plot would be the most Islanders outcome, I suppose. Um, and John Ledecky apparently is very surprised to hear fans say stuff like that, which makes me wonder <laughs> how much research he's done on who is yeah. the team that he owns now. But, uh, you know, if it happens, you know, I will have a lot more to say about it. I'm sure I'm already kind of planning articles to write. You know, in the event that it happens, but you know, until I see you know, the old the old saw, until I see a shovel go in the ground, I'm not really going to believe it. Yeah, and and for us, it's not even a shovel going in; it's like the thing going up and and them actually opening up and being like, <laughs> "All right, you can come, come right. on in." Like the game is about to. So I, right. I'm like he's like Cleveland Browns fans. You know, like I I feel like like today they 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 lost a game. They're up two touchdowns, and yeah. I think. Late in the fourth quarter, and yeah. and they lost in you know a very Browns way, and, and you're just watching them, and and you just know everybody in that stadium is saying the same thing. They're like they all they're all thinking like, wow, we have this in the bag, but they also know what's going to happen is something very very odd, and because that's right. just what happens. Right. Someone yeah. throws it off a helmet, and that's how I kind of feel with 
Islanders are kind of the ice. They are like that on the ice sometimes, but you know, lately it's more off the ice stuff. So, so that's kind of how I'm approaching it. I'm like you. I'm I'm until until the ribbon is cut and we're watching, you know, people score goals in that arena. I'm I'm not getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm uh, we're in agreement, and, I, and I'm glad you brought up sort of how how the season has gone so far for the Islanders because that's our sort of segue to uh, I guess the the next topic, which is that. Uh, this Metro division is just the worst. They ju- it's just the absolute worst. Uh, all, all the credit for that goes to uh, All About the Jersey. Um, uh, Mike, who writes for them, uh, wrote a f- just a quick thing that basically put it in perspective. You know, it's, it's great to be a, uh, have a team on a pace for a 100-point season and yet still be totally in danger of missing the playoffs. And that's where mm-hmm. literally this entire division has found itself, uh, including the Islanders, who are, who are right in the middle of it and can't get any separation uh as of right now sunday evening i have absolutely no idea who's playing right now i don't know if any of these teams are playing but uh the oilers and the leafs are playing that's all i know <laughs> well that's all you need to know according to, uh, <laughs> to Sportsnet, i guess yeah. they had a whole so they had this whole show i'm sorry to bring this up but like i i saw it came across my twitter feed before it's like uh it was like an austin matthews i guess you know Small. Yeah, I am Austin. Yeah, I am Austin Matthews. That's all about his life and stuff. He's not even playing tonight. Like, I don't know. He's hurt, I guess. So it's just, uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll get into this more later and I'll talk about Anders Lee and how he has, there's nobody talking about him. Um, but anyway, um, so right now in the Metro, Columbus is in front with 39 points. The Capitals have 37. The Devils have 36. And then the Islanders, Rangers, Penguins uh, each have 35 uh, the Flyers and Carolina are both there at 29, but let's not worry about them right now. So uh, the Rangers right now are out of the playoffs. They're they have th- excuse me they have 34 points, uh, so they're they're a point behind the Islanders and Penguins. And I mean, if any of these teams feel secure in anything, I don't know why they would. I mean, the, the Caps were out of the playoffs like a week ago, and now they've won. Let's see, they have won four in a row, so they're they're doing pretty well. The Devils have lost two in a row. Uh, the Islanders lost on Saturday to Boston. The Penguins also lost, but the Rangers, who were four points back, won. So they didn't actually go anywhere, but they got you know a couple of points closer uh, to making the playoffs. And it's just it, it's impossible to make any sort of headway this season. And it's just this is what's really killing me. Like it's I, I realize that this is what's causing me to not have any fun at all this season. It's just this this incredible division. I can't even deal with it. And meanwhile. The, you know, the Atlantic division to find three good teams in this division to make the playoffs is going to be uh, kind of a uh, kind of tight. I mean, it's the, right now Tampa, Toronto and Boston are about it. Montreal's creeped up there. But I mean, I don't know. They, they lost. They got their asses kicked yesterday. So I don't even know if they can even if they even have a shot at this. So they might be done. And meanwhile, the Metro is going to be like a, a knife fight until the very end. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, like her. 29 points and they they have the best possession numbers in the league by like crazy far i like sean sean tierney who's at charting hockey i think right at charting hockey is his twitter and he makes these really nice visuals basically every night they update um with each team's stats and there's like you know a line a glut of teams from you know the 48 percent to 52 percent Corsi. You know, you can kind of make out most of the logos, and then at the top right of the chart from the past right. two years is where the Hurricanes live. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the, so at some point, at some point, that volume is going to turn into production, and, and we say it a lot, and a lot of people, always, you know, before the season, always pick the Hurricanes to be the, you know, the sleeper team. Uh, they're they're going to catch up. They, if 
they, they still need the goaltending. So it's it's it, even the teams that aren't, you know, quite on the radar uh, in the Metro are are scaring the living hell out of me. Uh, and that's just yeah, that's the world we live in. And thanks thanks to that realignment, um, you know, and, and the fact that the Devils are doing what they're doing is yeah. like that. That's really what turned that flipped the field is the Devils. Uh, God damn Devils! I don't. I wasn't going into the season expecting to to like have them as a thorn in my side, and now I got to really start to, to hate Taylor Hall and prepare myself to do that. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, ready. No, that's true. Like if the Devils had the season, I think we were all kind of expecting then making the playoffs wouldn't be such a problem because you'd kind of have, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like we we figured Philly would be in this conversation and Carolina too. Um, but uh, yeah, to see the devils up there and they just don't, I mean, the fact that they've lost two in a row is a shock to me because I don't know. I don't know if they had lost two in a row all season until just now. Um, but yeah, the, the hurricanes I was watching last night, they, um, they were losing two nothing to LA. They scored like two goals in the last, I don't know, four or five minutes of the game. And, uh, you know, you thought to yourself, oh, maybe this is where it comes around for them. No, but they lost in overtime. And, uh, you know, it's sort of yeah, like, that, I think uh, the, night, the night before they blew a 4-1 lead, I think, in the, in the third yeah. in the, the Sharks. Yeah, so. yeah I, w- I went to sleep and I woke up and the Sharks had won 5-4. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so um, hopefully they don't get their stuff together until next season uh, and then we'll have to worry about them. But, uh, yeah, it's just such a dogfight and it's just, you know, right now, I mean, all, all things considered, the Islanders are 16-10-3. and They've got 35 points. Um, they are a plus six goal differential. Uh, they have scored the second most goals in the league. They're just a couple behind uh, the Maple Leafs. And, you know, that seems all fine and good. But, you know, you can't, you know, right now they're they're one, two, and one, I guess, in their last four games, which were a four-game road trip. And uh, you can't let that linger. You can't let that go on. They, they start this homestand now where they, they play, I think, seven of their next eight at home and, they need to win these games. Like there's no there's no way around it. They need to win these games or else, you know, come the new year they can find themselves where the Rangers are right now, which is, you know, one point out of the playoffs facing six or seven teams that just don't want to lose. It's crazy. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. And and I know we usually go you know, go over this game towards the end, but if you if you take a quick look at the rest of this calendar year for the Islanders, you know, it's it's not easy at all. They have some mm. what I would call two you could call, I guess you could call the Ducks an easy one too, but, uh, you know, so three, three out of the, their last, uh, I believe of seven, 10 games look like, you know, they should be favored to win. The rest of them are going to be, you know, hell, we, it sucks. And then they, they, as, as usual, they go to, they do their like end of winter trip to, to winter, Winnipeg. I feel like they, they celebrate the New Year's in Winnipeg every year, but, um, <laughs> this year it actually, I think it's, it's the Colorado. most random place to ever, yeah, Celebrate but at the end of years. December, for some reason, they always play the Jets. So, and, yeah, but yeah, like I mean, this stretch of games is, is tough, and and they're lucky that they've been so good at home. So you kind of feel maybe, uh, you know, with a couple West Coast teams coming this way, that maybe they'll they have a leg up and can can keep pace. But you know, you 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 lose three out of four in a yeah. week, and yeah, you're gonna have so much so much uh, ground to make up in this division. Yeah, especially because uh, the Penguins are probably gonna win. You know. 37 of the last 40 games or something. <laughs> They're starting to click. Right. Well, that I mean, that's all of them. Like, the Rangers already pulled that off. Didn't they they won, like, nine in a row or something like that. Yeah. Um, How many, I, don't, I feel like they haven't – I haven't seen the Rangers lose a game yet this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they lost the other day to uh, 
to the Caps, actually, uh, who, you know, started their run. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, the Western Conference teams are coming in and, you know, so far that had actually been a good thing for the Islanders. They had this, they have that crazy record against the Western Conference at Barclays Center, which we talked about. But you know, if you look at the teams they're actually going to play, they play Dallas on Wednesday. And man, whenever the Islanders play the Stars, weird, crazy stuff happens. They, they beat them 5 nothing in Dallas. I should say the Islanders lost 5 nothing in Dallas like literally weeks ago. So who knows how that – I mean, they could – Yeah, and they that ended, be- I think, like a four-game winning streak for the Islanders in which they – goals and like all of them and somebody had a hat trick yeah. in each one. So it's just a – yeah, that's just a weird – thing going on between the two, these two teams yeah and i mean any literally anything can happen i could see the islanders winning that game eight to nothing i could see them losing that game eight to nothing i could see them you know one nothing i could see it eight to nine a nine eight or whatever it's just i don't understand um then they go to columbus the next night which is just a Fun. horrible place for them to play yeah I, then, yeah that's not they shouldn't even go to that one <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't expect Columbus to to lose that game. Uh, and then the ne- they're home again on Saturday to the Kings, who have won seven in a row. Is that what it is? I mean, look at this. They have won eight in a row. Sorry. So, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, hope. I mean, I'm. It's it's to the point now where like I'm hoping that the night before the Kings play in either Jersey or the Garden or Philly or wherever, so they come in nice and 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 tired. But I don't know. I, I I'm. Part of me wants to think that this is a different team. I mean, we've seen. I mean, they were the Islanders are eight and one and two at home. Like that's really good, and they have you know gotten to this point now by playing really well. Matt Barzell is just he is just awesome. We just love him so much. <laughs> he does these crazy <laughs> things. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about sort of individual courses and stuff in a minute. Uh, Tavares is obviously having a great season, and Anders Lee, who I mentioned before, Anders Lee is tied for third in the league right now with seventeen goals. And uh, one I, of our, I, I, I don't get he he scores every game. I, I'm pretty serious. much. Like, yeah, I I I I I kind of challenge you to find a game where he hasn't scored this year. Like I can't think of one at this point. I'm like, oh yeah, he does the same thing every game. He gets a rebound, he sweeps it in, and he scores. And then you're like, all right, we can start the rest of the game now. Andrew's yeah. got his goal. It's it's pretty much, and and some of them are like late in the game. So you know the, the Islanders will have already like lost or something. But yeah, he he's just as automatic as you can get right now. And and one of our SB Nation colleagues, Satchel Price, who writes for um, uh, Second City Hockey, uh, you know he he wrote a thing for the the SB Nation you know NHL main page. It was like, how come nobody talks about Anders Lee and the fact that this guy has as many goals as Nikita Kucherov over the last year? And you know I I wrote back to him like the Islanders are only allowed one storyline per year. And the storyline this year is John Tavares' free agency. Uh, Matt Barzell has kind of insinuated himself into that conversation. He's been getting a lot of ink. Arthur Staple wrote a nice thing about him in Newsday this weekend. Uh, every day uh, there's a nice thing on uh, on the Islander side written by Corey Wright about how uh, Barzell and Eberle are using their backhand. So Barzell has kind of horned his way into that sort of one narrative idea, but uh, nobody talks about Andrews Lee. He's he's just he's just Mister Automatic. Great. I mean, he's on, it's great. He's, yeah, and he's on pace for like a 40, 40 goal season, which is just, I mean, if you could find a, a more anonymous forty goal scorer in the league, I'd I'd really love to hear who it is because it's got to be him. Uh, so you know, I I want to think that the Islanders aren't going to stumble, and they're going you know they're not going to win every one of these games coming up. They got they got the Caps on Monday, which is why we're not talking too much about them because this is going to post sometime but just before that. Um, who else? They got that game against Winnipeg, who are one of the best teams in the league this year. Yeah, I actually uh, have the schedule page up. Washington, Dallas. Columbus back to back, then the Kings on the, the weekend game Saturday. Star Detroit. Wars night, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Detroit. Yeah. 
Detroit, Anaheim, Winnipeg, spend a couple days off for Christmas, mm-hmm. and then Buffalo, Winnipeg, Colorado, then it's so, you know, about half of those games, I, like you said, you know, you, the Islanders should should be favored. Um, they need to win at, at the very least half of them. I mean, at the very least. More would obviously be better, and you want to see them, you know, continue to win those home games. But it's just, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of like I'm trying to suppress my natural anxiety in a way of assuming the worst <laughs> by oh yeah i'm looking at these and i'm already picturing the l's i'm on the islander page i'm like all right l l maybe 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 ot there <laughs> but uh, but i'm i'm trying to like rejigger my brain for this barzell Tavares era and say right. no they can win these games and they need help i mean they're not perfect they, they're gonna need some help and they're gonna need some some scoring some depth scoring we're gonna let's talk about some coursey stuff in a minute they're gonna need some scoring from their bottom six, which has been, you know, a bit of a nightmare so far this season. Um, they're going to need some, some defensemen to chip in. Ryan Pulick has really had a, a nice showing for himself. Yeah, it's been his best stretch. Absolutely. Yes. Since uh, he stepped in for Johnny Boychuk, who's been hurt, and uh, he's been great. Like, he was really, really good, very active in the game against the Bruins, although I don't think he figured in the scoring. So they're going to need some help from those guys. And um, and Josh Hosang, uh, the Hosang-Nelson-Bovillier line – had a pretty good game against uh, the Bruins. They, I think they were positive on the Corsi side, which is nice to see. But Hosang's got to shoot, or Nelson's got to get open. One or the other has got to happen. To you know, may, you know, it's nice to have puck possession, but you got to. Some of these guys are going to have to start scoring goals. And Nelson yeah, think, had a goal. I think Bovillier might might really need some time in uh, in Bridgeport soon. Yeah, it's it's it seems like that that might be the case. Um, you know, he, he did look. He did look all right against the in the Bruins game, but you can't be like all right in one out of every four games right now. Right, and and it's taken him like four months to get to the point where he's he's all right. Um, so right now, um, let's see, uh, let's finish four. Let's do Corsi four. So, uh, yeah, the Eberle Barzell lad right now lead the team in Corsi four. Pulik's up there too. Um, Lee. Tavares, pretty much right where you want at fifty percent. That's fine. Uh, Beauvillier is up to about fifty, which is nice. But again, he he doesn't he hasn't scored that much, and he needs to. And and that third line has got to start putting the puck in the net. Nelson did have a goal against the Penguins last week, which is nice, tied the game. And uh, he, but he went through that fifteen or so game stretch where he wasn't getting any goals. And you know we know that that's what Brock does every year. <laughs> that doesn't excuse it. Yeah, uh, kind of forgot about it. He didn't take a lot of heat for it. I didn't. I don't think anyway. Maybe he did, but uh, you know, we just this is kind of what we expect. So hopefully, he can get back on the string. But um, they need to. They need to make hay here, and and th- that's. It's easy for me to sit here and say that, and and they also, but they also need, I think, to hope for somebody around them to stumble, and you know, for somebody to lose four out of five, or you know, for the Devils puck possession numbers to creep up and finally bite them in the ass, which it has not as yet already done. <laughs> yeah. And the scary thing about the devils is just that they've got a goaltender who's, who's good and he's, he's been in, kind of in form. And he's had, like, he's sputtered a little bit here and there, but if you have a good goalie in this league, like your chances of losing, you know, six or seven in a row to really fall out of a, a race or are, are almost nil. And uh, that's the, and that just the way that their, their, their top two lines are going. It's, kind of hard to even imagine like they might have accumulated enough points already the devils to at least stay in the conversation for the rest of the year because every hockey team's going to pick up you know two points here and there just by sheer luck so right. um uh, it's 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 too late um I, I fear it's like too late to just be like all right the devils are 
definitely not going to make it. They're they're actually like in, they're going to they're uh they're going to be around. So yeah, you figure at this point it's the the very least they would end up at eighth place and stumble and kind of maybe back into the playoffs or something. But uh, I'm glad you brought up the goalies because this is an, another huge issue for the Islanders, and this is probably what's going to um separate them and you know what's going to help them win those games and and get those points have to be the goalies and their last home game i was at that game with my friend i took him for his birthday and it was a 6-5 loss to the ottawa senators who had lost seven games in a row at that point <laughs> and who by the way have lost 10 of 11 games and i'll give you one guess who the win the one win <laughs> was if you can figure out what i was talking about um so but Thomas Grice was terrible in that game. He let up, I believe, all five goals. Oh no, he let up, I think, four of the goals. No, no, he let up. He, yeah, no, he let up five goals, and then uh, Yaro Halak came in and let up basically the game winner. And uh, you know, if Grice had made basically two saves in that game, the Islanders would have won it, and it would have been just a crazy wild game. And hey, those things happen. But Grice was unspeakably bad. Uh, he has not looked good for a while now. Halak has looked better, but again, against the Bruins last night, you know, they're killing a penalty. The one penalty they take, the Brad Marchand is coming up the side, totally unencumbered, lets a shot in. Yaro saw it clean his day, and it just went through his five hole. And, you know, the Louis DeBrus goal, or the, yeah, no, the, the Jake DeBrus goal, uh, it was a turnaround shot as quick. I mean, I could, I could kind of forgive Yaro for that one, but that Marchand goal, not so much. And that was the difference. And they can't really have these, they, they have to knuckle down and, Somebody's going to have to steal a game, as Brian Compton likes to say, because without those two guys, this will be a season where the Islanders, you know, go become that one team that has a ton of points and misses the playoffs, and it's 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 kind of excruciating to watch because we like both of these guys, right? Yeah, and and we keep harping on it, and just it's it's tough because like like I was just saying with the Devils, look it up and down this division, you have Holtby, Matt Murray, Schneider. Henrik Lundqvist, like this is a these Bobrovsky, <laughs> and the best goalie of the lot, of the lot is Bobrovsky, right? So, so, <laughs> so every other team has like a, a clear like, advantage over. Them. So I mean, those are just like each one of those guys is a top, you know, five, ten goalie in the league, and the, and that's the just going to be the complete difference. Like if the Islanders had somebody like that, just one of them, be, they would be where the Blue Jackets are right now, or or even the Lightning, and, and kind of have have some breathing room. But the case and. Uh, they're coming into the year. You, you didn't think the goaltending would be what let them down. And it is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. Right. I mean, I don't think we even talked that much about the goaltending coming. We, we assumed that they would be much better because there was only two of them. There wasn't mm -hmm. a third guy sort of hanging around. <laughs> um, and, and the, the other worst part too, is like you said, I mean, the, there's a couple of the better goalies in the league. Nobody is going to, they're not going to trade those guys. It's not like, you know, the blue jackets are going to suddenly turn around and trade, Bobrovsky anywhere. So the Islanders are kind of stuck with these two guys. There's nobody really out there. You know, sometimes you might think of, uh, oh, there's, you know, who's being bad right now that maybe the Islanders can trade for. There is nobody out there that is a clear, appreciable upgrade to either of these two guys. I had been thinking of Craig Anderson, ironically, who, you know, played for, plays for Ottawa, but, uh, in, you know, reading some stuff about him, his season has not gone particularly well either, which is, you know, a little bit yeah, surprising. He's been he's, like one of the worst goalies in the, the league this year. Right. Numbers wise. Yeah, and, he's been and, terrible. People will say, like, oh, what about Robin Lehner? And I, and I like Robin Lehner a lot, but is he that much of an upgrade on the two goalies that you have where you, you can you know throw him in and, and be confident that he's going to be the guy? And yeah. he's 
us. He's never really played in these big games. Like, how do we know? You know so, yeah. It's, uh, um, and Jimmy Howard's name has come up too because again, you, you say, if you're just talking about available goalies who can be had, and uh, if you watched the game on Saturday against the Blues, and I know it's just one game, but. Howard is not a clear upgrade to either of <laughs> Grice or Halak. He's pretty much the same guy. Um, so, you know, Roberto Luongo is not going to get traded. And Carey Price, even though he's out of the playoffs right now, as the standings go, he is definitely not going to be traded. So uh, the Islanders, as Doug Wade has said, these guys need to figure it out. And I have absolutely no confidence that they can. But, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to think of this. They will turn it around. I mean, there has to be some kind of regression back to their – their normal numbers, uh, which either guy, neither guy has really played at this now, this, so far this season. But man, it, it's got to happen now. Like <laughs> starting tomorrow, starting Monday against the Capitals. The scary thing is, like right now, both of us probably would agree that Halak is kind of the hot hand of, of the yeah, two, definitely. But he hasn't even been that good. Right? Like he's, <laughs> he's 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 just been, you know, he's been average to decent. He's had some good games he hasn't had one of those games where you're like 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 we we like to talk about that nabaka game against the flyers a couple of years ago a lot when they yeah. broke that that losing streak like like a performance like that like obviously you're not gonna do it every night but just give us one mm. you know where we're like wow like the islanders just got got out of got out of toronto with two points because you are a lock like yeah let's, let's build him let's build you know let's build him a statue stuff like that like you need a performance <laughs> like that when i was at the uh the senators game i was talking about just before um we were sitting in front of these two guys, this group of guys that were, I guess, really drunk or really obnoxious or both. And they were just very, very, just, uh, just unbelievably awful to sit near. And they were cursing and there were kids nearby and it was just, it was not fun. And it really wasn't a good time. And, uh, but it was interesting that they kept one of them kept harping on getting Ben Bishop and how the Islanders should have gotten Ben Bishop. They should have signed him. This is stupid. These two guys both suck. Um, ben Bishop's numbers right now: nine oh nine save percentage. He's uh, thirteen and nine, two point seven five goals against. I mean, again, that's kind of a weird stat, but uh, basically these are the same numbers that Halak has. <laughs> it's just not they're not that good. Uh, he does have two shutouts, so there you go. And you know he's going to play the Islanders this week. So again, you know, not a great upgrade. To either the guys they have, Kerry Lettinen is even his numbers are even worse. Uh, Nine oh three save percentage. Uh, he's three and four. So there's nobody out there that's coming to help these guys, and and they need to figure it out. And I have absolutely no idea how they do that. And it's weird because like this has not been a problem. Like we just said, I mean, usually when one of them has played poorly, the other guy is playing lights out. And it's usually been Grice, but so far Grice is not. He's not had that sort of. He hasn't gone on that tear that we've seen him go on where he's just so calm and, and he's like a robot out there. And it, if he's going to go on one now would be the time to go on it. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely long, long overdue. And you, you, if you just even look at the scores, like I know a lot of times people say, Oh, the box score kind of lies to you or just like the Islanders have given up six, four, six, four, <laughs> three. Like that's, a, that's not good. That's no. safe, safe. And, and I think that, like you keep saying, like it's not. It's the answer is going to come from one of these two guys. So it's it's yeah. what like what what the hell else can you do? Yeah. Worth they, they haven't done a lot of helping of them right now. They're seventeenth in the league. The Islanders as a team and as Corsi Ford, they're actually just a tick below the fifty percent mark right now, which is not good. <laughs> you know, it means you're spending a lot of time in your own zone, or at least you know most of the time in your own zone. Uh, and aside from you know, the Barzell again, Barzell, Lad, and Eberly line. And to a certain extent, uh, Tavares and Lee and, and Bailey line, there's nobody else out there, no no other groups on the team that can take the puck and, and 
you know, cycle in the other team's zone, which would give the the goalies a little bit of of breathing room. So, yeah, uh, and, the, lot, and the penalty kill too. I mean, the, the penalty, penalty kill has been terrible. It's automatic right now. <laughs> pretty much, pretty yeah. much is you know, and, and Doug Waite, to his credit, is just like we can't kill a penalty. We just we just can't kill a penalty right now, and it's killing us. So, lots to figure out, uh, and very little time to do it because of this this completely stupid uh, divisional system that <laughs> that is set up that. Uh, I don't know. When, do we have to wait for Seattle to, to get a team now so that the Islanders can get back to? I guess. Yeah. I, I, it's funny, too, because since they've realigned, every time we get closer to the playoffs, it's like the, that mm. cycle of the hockey narrative calendar. They just trash the realignment and how stupid it is to make the Penguins and Capitals play each other, you know, before. <laughs> this year, it's, this year they're going to, you know, you're going to literally have, you know, four teams maybe with over 100 points playing each other in the first round. Yeah. yeah. So. But I was thinking about too, like, yeah, I mean, there's no way the Islanders are ever going to be in an easy division. Like, they're just never. They're always going to be playing with the Rangers and Flyers and Devils yep. and you know, I mean, Capitals, yeah, the yeah. Peng- probably the Penguins. I mean, the divisional lineup right now exists so that the Penguins and Flyers can be in the same division. I mean, that's right. that's pretty and, much why it is. And you got to make sure that the the Canadians and the uh, the Florida Panthers just continue their natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right they're they're but and that's the thing like even if they are realign next year and like okay we're gonna enough with this atlantic division canadians florida buffalo thing going on what <laughs> you know how how would they realign that that just means that the yeah. panthers and lightning are going to end up in the islanders division or right. or if they create some sort of like southeast division and they rejigger things that way who ends up in the in the islanders division probably the damn boston bruins and the Sabres, who at that point, I guarantee at that point are going to become a juggernaut. They're going to call somebody up from Rochester and just be awesome. Like, it's just, it, it never ends. It, this is just right. how they are. And, and it, you know, the Islanders is as better as they've gotten. I mean, they've, again, and it's funny because like we're sitting here complaining about this for 20 minutes. The Islanders are a good team. They have problems, but I mean, they're still a pretty good team at, that with stuff to figure out. And it's just, that's not good enough. It's just, and that's, right. it's well, incredibly that's frustrating. It's- it's more, it's more like it's it's not like making us angry as much as it is just like kind of breaking our hearts you know like <laughs> this is like like finally like oh my god like this is such a fun team to watch and they like it they, they look like they're going to be good for a long time again like, like a couple of years ago too but uh it's like so heartbreaking that they they're not getting the kind of credit that they did the tangible credit that they deserve with it in, in the standings um and 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 the Rangers are pissing me off now. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're just getting. They're they're just they're winning games in bunches. Michael Grabner has like a hundred million yeah. uh, empty net goals, which is really just. I mean, it, it, it's almost like still stirring the you out, know, uh, twisting the knife. Uh, hopefully, they fall out of it and he gets traded to a good team uh, at the deadline <laughs> and goes on to win a cup with. Maybe we could trade this back to the Islanders. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so, uh, so we've been through the schedule. I don't want to do the usual, uh, the usual best case scenario. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to get together again before Christmas because that's like two weeks from now. Oh, then, then again, I thought we would be doing this on the seventeenth and totally realized that I misread the calendar. So who knows? But uh, let's just pretend it's Christmas and uh, we'll do one of these. Um, if you could, if you could gift the Islanders something. What would it be? And I know I'm just totally springing this on you right now because I have absolutely no idea what my answer is. But what would you gift the would put under the tree and the Islanders would open it and be like, oh, wow, this is just what we needed. What would be that thing? Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, I, I guess, you know, an, an elite winger for John Tavares because Josh <laughs> Bailey. Josh, 
No, I, I, I think it would just, you know, be a penalty, a reliable penalty kill. And, and people were saying, you know, Suzekis was going to be the, the right, right now, or I shouldn't say a reliable, like, like a good stretch of penalty killing, I should say. Uh, you know, everyone's like talking about Casey Suzekis coming back and that being the answer and Kuhlman, you know, missing. I think Casey Suzekis kind of like overrated in some regard and also underrated. Mm. You know, I think, I don't think he's, he's, you know, as good as, as important to the penalty kill as people think he is, but I think he's actually kind of important to, the, the, the five on five game uh, more than people expect, I think, because he's probably the best player on that fourth line. If, if the Islanders had a worse player on that fourth line, that yeah. that it would be an, an, even more of a disaster. So, yeah. uh, uh, in the, this little tangent, it's just my way of saying that I'd, I'd like them to, to, to go on one of those. They usually do once a year. Mm. You know, they'll talk about you know killing thirty two penalties in a row. That's I would <laughs> I would like to see. I'd like to see one of those stretches. Yeah, now I I agree with you on on Sezikis and at five on five. It, you know, there there's some talk and you know there's some merit probably to the idea of maybe moving him up to the third line uh, right. to play because because he, he's been pretty good, uh, you know, at the, in the fourth line role and and he's sort of I mean that that line's numbers whoever he's been with isn't really great this year, but yeah he he's been by far the best contributor it, of those well, guys. Islander career. He's basically played with you know their 11th and 12th best forwards. So. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, as I was telling uh, Carrie Haber uh, uh, of Twitter fame, who uh, guested with Garrick on his uh, video cast last week, uh, you know, if, if that fourth line used to be able to score goals every once in a while, but this year, I mean, they can barely get out of their own zone. And, uh, yeah. you know, Sezik has, has been pretty good despite all that. You know, it's the other guys that are really pulling him down. Uh, I actually have a, 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 I have an, an answer to my own question and because it's something I thought about on Saturday. I know exactly who I would give to the Islanders under the tree this Christmas, and it is a slightly used but still totally welcome Franz Nielsen. That's what I would give the Islanders. And, and it occurred to me, how great would it be for the Islanders to trade Nelson and somebody else to Detroit to get Franz Nielsen back oh my God. <laughs> and install him as the third line? So you'd have Tavares, Barzell, Nielsen, Sezikis down the middle, and uh, I, I don't even if, know if Franz. He's if, they a great for, if, they, if they traded for Franz, if they if the Islanders got Franz Nielsen back, like and not not just like you know for his last year on a contract, so he can you know retire an Islander. I would I would honestly just go streaking down, you know, floppy <laughs> throat or something. I, I, I mean, so I would, it would just be over the moon. Yeah, I I, 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 I kind of wish you could say that. <laughs> yeah, right. It would be just. It occurred to me, like I'm watching it, and he he scored the one goal in a six-one blowout loss for the Red Wings on Saturday to the Blues, and I thought to myself, this is the exact situation in which the Islanders need Franz Nielsen more than they ever have. You know, he was he was put, pressed into the second line center role for so long, and he actually you know was pretty good in that role. I, I again talk about underrated things. I, I think he was better than people think uh at that and you know was pretty good but we always said like wouldn't it be great if they had a second line center and they could push nielsen down the lineup and have him be that perfect third line guy who's defensively responsible but can also score because he's got soft hands and and he can play the power play and all the penalty kill and stuff and now they have that (laughs) the islanders have that and they don't have franz nielsen and it just drives me crazy and and i'm not trying to get rid of brock nelson i like brock nelson but you know 15 goals 15 games without a goal this is like a yearly occurrence now, 
And uh, he's an RFA, so the Red Wings can re-sign him. I don't know what else they'd have to throw into the deal. Nielsen's making five and a half, so that's a lot of money to have to cover. The salary cap might be going up, so that well, it's going to go up. It's going to go up either five million, maybe more. Um, So I don't know. My brain started going, and then I thought to myself, "No, that's that's not going to happen. That's ridiculous." It would make me so. And and you know what's funny is I think I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter was talking about. I think Molson and Opo are so struggling, and they threw Franz Nielsen in there and talked about how the Islanders should be patting themselves on the back. And all I was thinking was, I would give up so much. I would <laughs> literally trade loved ones for Franz Nielsen to yeah. come back. Islanders. I don't. I don't care how bad if he. You know, I, I don't think he's doing that bad. But I'm just saying, I don't care what he look, his stats look like just to get him back. Yeah, I would. I would do really, really bad things to people I love to, to get him back. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, and it's tough to see guys like that struggling. I mean, Matt Martin was a healthy scratch and. It's like, you know, on one hand, Molson, you're like... Molson's playing with the Ontario range. Yeah, Molson's in the AHL. To, uh, Oposo Which was on the fourth line. I don't line. get how that's possible. I was reading an article, and they didn't really explain why he's, <laughs> he's there and not in Rochester. I was very confused. Well, apparently it's because uh, of John Quick's, you know, uh, I guess his... <laughs> he allowed to play for another team's Meyer League team. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's... He's it, related it, to... You know, John Quick. <laughs> His wife's sister's husband yeah. plays for the LA Kings. I, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why it doesn't happen more often. It's like kind of a Molson thing, I guess. I, you, maybe you have to have like X number of color commentators mention how many times you're related to somebody before yeah. you get this particular, you know, uh, rule <laughs> enacted upon you. But uh, I don't know. But it's very strange. But uh, for a while, I mean, for a game or two, uh, Oposo was on the fourth line. Uh, playing, I mean, the Sabers are are all kinds of uh, having all kinds of problems right now. So, yeah, it's it's you know, I, I don't feel like wow, the Islanders dodged a bullet because you know, this time last year we were thinking, oh my God, they signed Andrew Ladd, what a what a bunch of morons. But um, you know, things things change like that. But I just it it occurred to me like wow, the, you know, Tavares and Barzell are just really working their magic and and have really helped. They've gotten the Islanders to where they are right now, and it's the third and fourth lines that are kind of hurting them. And especially again at this point, Nelson had had been going through his his slump or just you know scored to break that slump. And it occurred to me, man, Nielsen is perfect. <laughs> he's just yeah. so perfect right now, and he's just not here. And you know, again, I, I don't. At no point do I expect this ever to happen, but it just it got me all excited. And then I was just like, oh, what are you gonna do? Uh, Leave uh, a voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's uh that's gonna happen. I guess that's about it. We we covered Belmont, we covered the, the upcoming week, we covered the Metro, covered Franz. Any, anything Franz else? Nielsen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything else you want to add? Uh thoughts uh going into this week before Christmas? No, and I'm sure that you know now that we've we've kind of made a big deal out of, you know, and 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 stressed over a team that's playing really well that they'll probably rattle off, you know six out of seven wins here and make us look foolish again. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, this is the last week for Mike Francesa, right? It is. Yeah, oh. Friday. Friday is his last show. How, how are you holding up? Are you, you know, taking the week off or are you going to – I don't just... know. It really sucks. <laughs> it really, really sucks. Just because yeah. just I don't think people realize how much they're going to miss him. And, and even if you hate him, which I – you know, I totally understand why people hate Mike Francesa. But even if you hate him, like the fact that you're not – that you know, in, in six weeks from now when something crazy happens with the Jets or the Giants or whatever, when something weird happens in sports and, and you're not going to have that, you know, Mike Francesa rant to, to kind of just listen to, <laughs> it's it's going to suck. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss him and, and uh, I should probably call into him this week. 
<laughs> I'm sure you'll get through, right? I mean, he's got to yeah. he's got to let you through. Uh, my thing is that you know, I, I I'm not a Francesca guy. I mean, I don't listen to him, I, I, but I love. But again, like you said, like it, it's it's nice having him there because he's sort of like the voice for New York sports. Again, love it or hate it, and uh, uh, you know, I just hope that 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 doesn't the the idea of him doesn't go away. So that when you know people make fun of him, you go like, you know, when you make fun, when people make fun of Mike and the Mad Dog, okay, Mike, you know, okay, dog. Like, I hope that doesn't. The kids in the future know what that means. You know, they they get that, and you know, when when you talk about Bill Parcells and Saratoga and all that stuff, that you know, uh, the the way he he butchers people's names, Joe Micheletti, P.M. Aguaya, you know, that kind of stuff. I hope I hope that 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 remains in in the public consciousness because it would really suck if that it would be it would really be losing a part of of New York sports history to lose that. Right, and the show that they're replacing it with is it's like it's it's like a national thing more than anything. You know, it's, uh, like what 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 is Bart Scott going to do when when the Islanders and Rangers are in a playoffs? Or you know what what is you know what is, is he when when Joe Micheletti calls into the fan and Bart Scott's you know got got to ask him about John Tavares like well, that's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I go, you know, a hockey guy by any means, but he was from New York, and it's, it's different. And uh, it, who's going to call in to complain about Aaron Boone, you know, in, in August? And and you're going to have, you know, these three people who aren't Mike Francesa to talk about it. Well, it's it good news for this is good news for Rick DiPietro. I don't know what what don't when know, he's on on ESPN, but check him out and he covers all that stuff. <laughs> I'm assuming he does. I don't know, but uh, anyway, uh, all right. So. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. If we don't talk to you before Christmas, have a great holiday. Hope it's fun. Hope it's safe. Hope you get all the kinds of stuff that you want. Um, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter handle again so they can follow you during the holidays? Sure. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You can follow Mike for all of his, especially this week, for, for all of his uh, Mike Francesa uh, roses that I'm sure he's going to throw out there. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, let's hope that the Islanders can... Get some wins out of here so that uh, they don't uh, that culture of losing doesn't sneak in there again. Uh, and thanks again for listening, and uh, we will talk to you again uh, uh, on the other side probably. All right, thanks a lot. Bye bye.